Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. And in the second series of the podcast, we're focusing on joy's superpowers, special powers each and every one of us can cultivate and use in our lives. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. In each episode, I'll be inviting our guests to share their words of wisdom on a specific joy superpower, whether that's in relation to personal growth, genuine belonging, positive impact, or simply having fun. So welcome to episode three of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. And today I'm going to be talking with Darman Philip, and we're going to explore the superpower of conflict resolution in partner relationships. Darman is founder and CEO of The Life Experts. She is an ICF certified coach and a coach transformation academy certified senior professional relationship coach. She's also the director of the Core Mentors Association, a member of the Academy of Coaches and a member of the Worldwide Association of Female Professionals. Darman has over 10 years of experience in coaching couples and 40 years of experience in training and development, coaching, mentoring and counseling at many organizations. Welcome Darman, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's a pleasure being on the show. Thank you for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about using different techniques of handling, resolving conflicts between partners, you know, in order to build healthy and harmonic relationships and how sure. this relates to, to living a joy-filled life. You know, we've all experienced struggles with our relationships at some points in our lives. So I'm sure our audience is equally excited to hear what you've got to say. Sure. Thank you so much, Andrew. Before we get started, though, maybe you could share our, with our listeners a fun fact about yourself. <laughs> a fun fact about myself. It's embarrassing, though. Um, Go for okay. it. We're all friends here. <laughs> all right. This is embarrassing. But you know what, Andrew? I love talking to myself. And I have been caught at it as well. Not fun, though. Uh, I'm going to share it with you a little incident uh, that happened some years back. And embarrassing as it is, but it's a fun fact. Um, and since I love talking to myself, uh, on one particular occasion, I think it was my first job interview, and I was in this room waiting to be called in for the interview. I was nervous as hell, so I sat there rehearsing my script to all the possible questions that could be asked. Now, little did I know that <laughs> there was a CCTV camera in that room and the connection was on the table of the guy supposed to interview me. Ah. And I'm not going, I'm going to refrain myself from telling you what happened next. <laughs> so that's your fun fact for you. There you go. Wonderful. <laughs> so be careful if you, if you talk to yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That's so wonderful. So. You know, before we dive into resolving conflicts specifically, I'd like us to talk about relationships in general and the connection to joy. So could you start by telling us, you know, what is the importance of having a healthy relationship in your opinion? So Andrew, I'm sure you agree with me that relationships are an integral part of our daily lives. And over time, 
Some, of course, develop into intimate ones, some remain acquaintances, some platonic friendships. And with some of them, we just kind of fall out, right? Mm -hmm. But it's extremely important that a relationship creates a sense of happiness. A relationship should be stress-free. Partners comfortable being in the company of each other. And that truly can happen when the relationship is built on trust, on respect, loyalty, compromises, love. And when it is such, it affects the overall mental and physical health, the emotional well-being of, of persons. Um, I'd also like to say that I think there's a greater sense of purpose. And having that sense of purpose definitely adds more, many more years to a person's life. So, you know, somebody very rightly said once that a good relationship is a wonderful antidepressant. Mm, I like that. Yeah, but, but having said this, I want to add one more thing to this. One of the most important relationships is the one with ourselves. That's it's very true. It's very important to respect and value ourselves before getting into relationships with other people. And this will automatically set a foundation to establish strong and healthy relationships with others as well. Don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it is an issue in that I think many people go into relationship at quite a young age when yeah. they don't necessarily have that depth of understanding of themselves and who they are and what their purpose is and Absolutely. learn that self-love and then be thrown into this relationship situation. Yeah. So it's not surprising that conflicts arise. Absolutely. Um, definitely in that situation. Absolutely. And I mentioned at the beginning, you've been a relationship coach for a number of years now. And, you know, if you had to give just a, a simple one sentence answer to what you love most about being a relationship coach, what would it be? Oh, well, the, the amazing sense of fulfillment, you know, when I'm observing people manifest their highest potential, right before my eyes and I strongly believe that every person has this huge potential just waiting to be manifested in the pleasure of watching so to say the light bulbs come on it's like watching a baby bird leave the nest for the first time and seeing them mm. soar right I just 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 absolutely love that feeling of being fully present with someone listening with all my senses to what's kind of unfolding from their lives, even in the silence. There's, there's some sort of an unmatched energy in that space. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It doesn't yeah. necessarily always have to be words, does it? That can be True. in that silence as well if you're coaching. That Absolutely. you can get to know and get to help that person. So that's wonderful. And if I could ask you at this stage a personal question, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. And referring to your past experience of going through your divorce and mm -hmm. with the knowledge you have today, would there be any advice you would give to your younger self during mm -hmm. those times? That's an interesting question. 
I, I cannot turn the clock around, Andrew, today, but I can say with confidence that the lessons learned have unfolded as my mission today as a relationship coach. Um, not only would I really give my younger self, but to anyone out there, one small bit of advice, take the time to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. Set the tone of your relationship whilst you're dating and be that spouse that you want to have. And if you feel stuck in your relationship, don't hide it for whatever reason, which is something I did for years on end. Reach out, reach out to someone in the family, reach out for professional insight, for support, um, you know, and, and, and get that help that you so need at that hour. Mm, definitely don't try and do it all on your on your own yeah i suppose yeah and it's interesting you know you talked about that understanding yourself you know prior to the relationship and i suppose one of the challenges that i see is that people change over time um, Mm. and perhaps the partner doesn't change in the same way that the other person is changing maybe the speed of change is different the direction of change is different maybe the other partner doesn't want the person to change. You know, they love the person that they fell in love with 20 years ago. And maybe that, do you see that as part of a conflict that's in the world today and the people that you coach? Could be, there could be that, that kind of, look, nobody signs up to have an okay relationship. You, know, you signed up because you know you found someone you love and care for you. You can count on to make you happy. But unfortunately, that is not the case. People change. You know, circumstances change. That's Most, right. yeah. But 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 the thing is, many couples that many couples today and will struggle as time passes. You know, so. It is very important to be able to understand what your core values are, what your beliefs are. And that's why I said it's very important to understand yourself first Mm -hmm. before you try and get involved in a long-term commitment. Right, to make sure you have that value alignment, I suppose, is fundamental. Because if you don't know yourself, how would you know somebody else? How would you be able to understand somebody else? Yeah, definitely not without depth or with depth. I would imagine it would not be possible without that self-awareness, that self-knowledge at the mm-hmm. first level. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So I think you've given us a good insight into relationships in general, getting into the relationship. And, and now I'd like to sort of focus a bit more on resolving conflicts, as you just said, that, you know, many people struggle in their relationships at various times. It's probably not a game of perfect, as they would say. And Mm -hmm. I suppose the obvious question is, you know, what is the best way to to deal with conflicts and problems in relationships? Okay. The best way is first and foremost, you see the key, The key here, Andrew, is not to fear or try to avoid conflict, Mm. but to learn how to resolve it in a healthy way. And 
there are some general steps that I, I personally use whilst working with some of my clients. So first and foremost, I'd say identify the root cause of the conflict. That is important. Address the issue directly. Don't beat around the bush. Mm. You see, the dis discussion should address how you're feeling, Emo how that conflict makes you feel rather than blame or criticize the other person. Accusatory remarks damage and they sabotage the relationship. Right? Right. So I would say address the behavior, not the person. And something that I always say is to people is, and I said this in my last live session is, during discussion, never ever use two words. And that is never and always. Mm. No. Right. So. The other thing that I would like to also emphasize is use usage of active listening skills. Listen to messages in the silence as well. Pick your battles wisely. The more complaints you raise, the less likely it is that any will, any will actually get fully discussed and resolved. So there are several techniques that I personally use to support individuals and couples with, you know, in trying to resolve their conflicts. Yeah, I think that was good. The, you know, and it's difficult, you know, within a relationship, which is a very personal thing, yes. as you say, to not make it personal, um, to, to talk about the thing and not the person. Um, yes. becomes, you know, immensely difficult for most people without the tools and the guidelines. And, and I know on your, on your website, you, you state that there aren't bad relationships. There's only a lack of strategy tools and techniques that get yes. people behind. So yes. do you think that means that any conflict or problem in a relationship can be solved no matter what? Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree that any, any, any conflict could be solved. Uh, um, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, nobody really goes on, signs up for an okay relationship. Mm. But, and as I mentioned, most of the couples struggle as time passes. We pass through, you know, schools and universities to learn life skills and career skills. And we have trainers in the gym to teach us how to work out right. So just like anything worthwhile in life, a happy relationship takes some skill. Do we have institutions that provide instruction manuals and relationship skills before marriage? I don't think so. And I don't know of any. So why are we then surprised that most of the relationships crash? Mm. And it doesn't have to be that way. So maybe, maybe you've been trying very hard to improve your relationship and it's not working. Maybe the problem was never about you or your spouse. Maybe the problem is that you did not learn the skills that you need to make the relationship work, right? Right, definitely. And I think that that's, that applies to many aspects of, of life in a way. Um, it seems we spend a lot of time in school learning yeah. um, two plus twos and ABCs and so on and so forth, but not yeah. necessarily these life skills. Uh, which yeah, is and I wish life skills were taught in school, honestly. 
because I strongly believe that with the right skills, any relationship can be saved. If even one of the parties is willing to put in all the effort to work it out. And that's where, as a coach, I come in because mm-hmm. we provide those those right skill set, create positive strategies, effective tools. So, you know, the relationship can grow, it can improve, it can thrive. But now, having said this, there's an exception though, Andrew, and that is if your spouse is a physical abuser, if your spouse is addicted to drugs or any such vice or someone who's constantly cheating on you, for mm. me, these are clear deal breakers. Right. Other than that, I think, you know, any conflict or problem can be resolved. Okay, that's fantastic. And do you see conflict and and problem as two words that are synonyms or do you see them as as somewhat different? Well, a conflict, I would say, is, is, how should I say, a conflict is between two people. A problem is a a standalone, you know, it's a standalone situation. Mm. It's an isolation. Right. A conflict, though, can become a problem. Now, in a relationship, yeah, a conflict and disagreement and argument arises when there is, let's say, a clash of interest, when there's incompatibility between the partners. And conflicts, of course, we know arise due to many reasons um, in partnerships. It could be financial, it could be the kids, it could be intimacy, trust issues, you know, communication breakdown. In fact, the percentage and degree of conflicts during the pandemic has escalated drastically. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, expand a bit more upon that, please. Well, during the pandemic, what I've, I've noticed is, is you know, there have been so much, there's been disruptions of daily routines. There's been work from home. The anxiety of the pandemic, lack of physical activity, absence of, you know, social outlets, lack of um, access to non-essential clinical care. Now, these have all contributed to increases in conflict in relationships, sadly enough. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you know, I remember talking multiple times to people having Zoom calls where it felt like, you know, the whole town was in the room with them at at the time that they're trying to work, you know, because they're probably living in fairly cramped conditions yes. with the whole family and the kids and the grandparents and Absolutely. normally they would get out to the office but now that couple is forced into this 24 yeah. 7 environment um totally and totally and it, a challenging and it situation creates some, oh yes and and i've seen that the i've seen relationship problems really escalate during the pandemic it is sad but uh like i said again Let's look at the positive and see that they can be resolved, you know. And, and if you look at a problem a pro- as against a conflict, you ask me this question, whether they are synonymous. A problem to me can emerge if there's an unwillingness to resolve conflicts. That's how I see it, you know. A yeah. problem, problem needs, needs solving. It needs answers. It needs consideration. Conflict doesn't have to lead to a problem, but it often does because people, again, as I said earlier, aren't well-versed with problem-solving and conflict-solving skills. But the positive side, when I look at conflict, and I like to look at the positive sides, I feel 
conflicts can become constructive and a very creative experience for personal growth. It's not a problem as long as the people involved recognize the incompatibilities and difference between each other and then pave a way to sort them out. And that ultimately kind of leads to personal growth as well, right? Right, and I think that the word that comes to my mind when you mention that is respect. and the importance of respect between the two partners in the relationship as a foundation to to solving the conflict true um, becomes super important so i was wondering you know when we talk again about the pandemic and whether that it shone a light on problems that were already there in a way um, in the relationships and, and maybe, you know, be forced together in this way. Yeah. Brought them to light, to, to the fore in, yeah. in a way that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise. And you say putting your positive lens on that yeah. perhaps enables people to recognize things that they would have accepted maybe otherwise. And, you know, just let the relationship deteriorate and deteriorate and deteriorate slowly over yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Um, as a simple solution, you know, it's okay to just have an okay relationship. Um, yeah. There could be worse things. <laughs> I absolutely, think absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> why why would right? change? Why it's not, you know, there's, the grass isn't green on the other side. All these things come up. Um, yeah. We talk with people who have been in long-term unhappy relationships. saying, Well, you know, we just sort of drifted into it so maybe this coming into the conflict actually can help them um, face these challenges uh, and and find solutions before it's too late in before it's too late yeah yeah if that makes sense very true very true so in general you know i know there are lots and lots of reasons for and sources of conflict in couples but in your professional experience as the couples that you you coach what would you say are the main sources you see again and again coming up the main causes of conflict yes there are several causes of conflicts lack of understanding for for me honestly the number one thing is an emotional disconnect Mm. you know people say emotional disconnect uh, uh, communication leads to emotional disconnect i say it the other way around if you don't have an emotional connect, if there's an emotional disconnection that leads to a breakdown of communication, leads to breakdown of a whole lot of things. So if there's no trust, if there is no understanding, if there is no compromises, um, then we are asking for trouble in the long run. There has to be um, shared core values and mm. beliefs at grassroots level, you know. It is, it's not about adopting the interests and, and sacrificing needs, you know. So while, you, while individuality is very important to the relationship, there have to be shared core values and a sense of purpose. I once read mm-hmm. a statement that says, you know, relationships are not about two people looking at each other, but two people looking in the same direction towards a common goal. Right. So this sort of interdependency in a way, and this shared purpose, this shared goal, as you put yeah. it, um, becomes yeah. foundational to that. So yeah. that emotional connect trumps yes. the ability to communicate 
That's um, as, as an issue yeah. within the relationship. That's great. So, so when you know you, you're talking with these couples about the different problems and applying different strategies and techniques to to resolving these problems are there any sort of common steps or process that people can follow or is it always sort of a unique um solution that, that couples need um there are some strategies that i adopt to approach conflict and i personally believe well it's customized to each each individual it's it's not an off-the-shelf tailor-made approach but um, it depends on the problem. It depends on, on the issues the person is going through, the couples are going through. But some of the strategies that can help um, people handle conflict more effectively is, you know, to look at the right time. Um, we often think about whether the time is right for the other person, but don't forget about looking inward. Mm. You know, is this the best time for you to have the conversation? Are you in the right frame of mind? Are you able to focus? You know, uh, so look, at, I mean, discuss things when, when the time is right, start softly. You know, the way you begin an argument or a discussion has a significant, I wouldn't say an argument, the way you begin a discussion has a significant impact on its outcome. It said the first three minutes are what count. <laughs> mm, definitely, you know? definitely. Yeah, I noticed that in work as well as in, in relationship, same thing. Yeah. By, yeah, how you start a meeting. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to compromise. You have to, you know, um, you have to snuff out the, the, the conflicts very quickly before they escalate. Right. And I think that's part of the thing I've seen, you know, my own life uh, as well as in the life of, of friends and colleagues is that, you know, when you get into a situation where one or both of the partners are pushing things under the rug, so to speak, yeah. um, you know, just ignoring the hurt, um, yeah. you know, if they felt offended by something the partner had said, you know, not, not talking about it, just pushing it away but these things you know tend to slowly eat at you from the inside yeah and unfortunately sometimes they become you know big problems when they could yeah. have been dealt with as a as a minor issue right at the beginning absolutely uh, it's so very important to to you know snuff out those problems as they crop up because then you mitigate the threat of having any over a period of time, any you know, kind of underlying negativity creep in, you know, and and then they become, if they come to a situation where you really can't control it. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and that sort of brings me on to a, a subject uh, around gender, and and is there sort of a difference that you see in conflict style um, in terms of arguing or trying to find solutions um, between how the women that you you coach deal with the process uh, against the men 
within there. I know there's a lot of stereotypes <laughs> within this this field. You know, men are for <laughs> Mars and women for Venus, and so on and so forth. About women being communicative and engaging, and men withdrawing and refusing to discuss the issues. Do you actually see that in your in your work, or is it just a stereotype? <laughs> Andrew, I don't want to get into trouble here, <laughs> and I I got clients out here, but I'm but I don't want to generalize. But from personal knowledge and experience. I would share that what I have observed is men view relationships very differently to women, especially during conflict resolution. Mm. You know, conflict resolution is handled very differently by men and women. Women tend to hold on to grudges. You know, men are more direct. They're more assertive. They're more, what should I say, goal-oriented. You know, and women tend... When there's a conflict, I've noticed women tend to compromise more easily than men in the resolution. Yeah. And the frustration, on the other hand, for men is that conflicts don't seem to get resolved in time. They seem to linger on and on and on. And for women, they don't feel fully heard and understood. And that's the biggest pain for women in conflict resolution. Um, also... I, what I've noticed is that women tend to connect more to the emotional memory of memory, I say, of their brain. You know, they remember mm. patterns when there's, a, when there's a conflict. But men, on the other hand, tend to, men tend to look at conflict in isolation. You know, for men, it is, okay, let's have it out. Let's, let's discuss this. Let's, let's finish the deal and we're done with it. Let's go out for a beer. Right, you right. Know? Move on, but, move on. <laughs> let's move on, you know. Uh, but for women, it's, you know, we're not done with it. Mm. Are you talking about going out? <laughs> you know, so the other thing that's important to understand is that in conflict, men often need space while women... Um, I think they need more of understanding. You know, yeah. so if you have a vim woman who continues to seek understanding from a man who needs space. Yeah, so you can actually get conflict within the conflict see... resolution, right? So if you're trying to, to do it on your own, your own couple therapy, as it were, and don't understand this dynamic, perhaps. And... How those two things can escalate into a conflict. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think, you know, I yes, it can be. I think, you know, even if we remove the gender side of things, I think the bigger issue is perhaps, you know, first of all, understanding one's own personality type, um, yeah. as well as the personality type of your partner. How sure. do they communicate? How do they want to discuss emotions? How good are they at discussing emotions? Um, yeah. You know, is it something they've had trauma with as a child, for example? Um, yeah. Or have you had the person yourself? And to understand that impacts on your relationship, um, I think is yeah. important. So going back to this issue of how could we get these life skills taught um, in schools, again, this understanding your, your personality and communication skills um, yeah. could really be an important part of that education. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I, I strongly, strongly um, feel that these skills must, especially relationship skills, they must be given a space in the curriculum mm. with the youth. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, let's hope that happens. Um, let's hope we can get into a world where the the education becomes much broader and much more life skill focused mm. yeah. than just um, learning competencies. Yeah, there? yeah, definitely. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to sort of work towards the end with a question around a specific scenario. So if you don't mind humoring me with this one and, and trying to help resolve this conflict for me and my um, partner, so to speak. Sure. Excellent. Yeah. So, you know, saying that relationships take work, commitment, willingness to adapt. I understand that. But sometimes, you know, life happens to you and it happens to one of the partners in a way that conflicts, you know, very much with the the desires of the other partner. So in this situation where, for example, you know, we lived in uh, the same city all of our lives, surrounded by family, friends, and want in some way having a happy life. Um, and then I'm offered a job, um, mm -hmm. you know, in another country, the other side of the country. And I really want to move to mm -hmm. that, that different part. And my partner's sort of feeling the pull to, to family and to, hey, we've got our life here. You know, the kids are going to school. Um, I, got my family here my mother's aging and so on and so forth um in these cases neither of them feel that they necessarily have the ability to compromise on that hmm. um, need even if you know they love each other as partners hmm. what advice would you have for them in that situation what can they do to to try and resolve this this conflict that's an interesting uh, scenario that you've presented me with. And uh, I, I think at some point I, I mentioned that a relationship is called healthy when couples share core values and beliefs at grassroot level. Mm. Yeah. And I also at some point said that it is not about adopting your partner's interests. Or, or sacrificing your needs. Individuality, uniqueness is critical. Mm. You can create a harmonious relationship by taking an interest you know, in each other's differences and providing the support that each party needs. For me, for me personally, it's more about spending quality and meaningful time. It's quality over quantity. It's about appreciating the differences. In fact, I'd say maintaining your sense of self in a relationship is, is, is key to survival in the relationship. So in a case like what you were just mentioning, you can stay apart, carry on with what contributes to your own individual growth and yet have a very beautiful relationship. You work around ways to meet each other, probably on weekends or whatever. And all this will happen, Andrew, when the relationship is based on trust and understanding. In, in fact, you know, those couples, and this is what I, I, I strongly believe in, and I've seen it, that those couples who opt for living apart, probably in different cities, like you're saying, find that their relationships improve drastically when each person has his own independent space in which to live. And ultimately, when they do spend time together, the moments are appreciated, love is refreshed, and it's often devoid of conflict. 
And today, honestly, you know, independent space, especially today, is a big one today with the youth. Mm. You know, I get these calls, you know, that, you know, I believe in live and let live. I need my space. The youngsters today are challenging common perceptions and traditional assumptions of love and togetherness and and come and close again is is you if your relationship has a very strong foundation then it is a, it's absolutely uh, you know possible that you live apart and still maintain the beauty of the relationship that is beautifully said darman i think you know with the shared values with the trust and the respect with the quality over quantity as you so beautifully put it um i can definitely see that working i can definitely see a, a resolution a beautiful resolution to this potential conflict that that i presented to you so thank you for sharing <laughs> that solution and, and well darman it's been a, a wonderfully informative time talking with you today i've personally learned so much and i think our listeners have too so thank you so much for talking to us about the importance of relationships and conflict resolution thank you so much andrew for having me thank you that's okay but before we wrap up just one little question we always like to ask our guests uh, which is what brings you joy what brings me joy what brings you um, joy a lot of things andrew a lot of things and like i said uh you know um the thing that really really brings me joy is seeing somebody manifest their 100% potential because what attracted me to coaching in the first place was the very first statement that was made by my senior coach and he said every person is whole creative and resourceful mm -hmm. and i it just kind of clicked right there with me because i believe in it so strongly i believe in it so strongly but most importantly that i've discovered my mission and purpose in life and though it was discovered based on struggle i wouldn't exchange those lessons for anything else because they led to my purpose relationship coaching you know the ability to share my relationship lessons with others so they don't make the same mistakes i made when i was a teen um, i got married at 18 so and and you know when i'm able to successfully transform a toxic relationship into a peace, peaceful a passionate one that for me is very very empowering i wish i had somebody who could have shown me the direction when i was struggling but that's where my mission came in oh, that is beautiful that is a beautiful mission so thank you so much and i'm so glad that helping others in this way is bringing you joy thank you so thank, thank you, you darman once again for the wonderful answers and a big thank you to our listeners um, i hope you all enjoyed listening to my chat with darman on the art and science of resolving conflicts in partner relationships if you're interested in finding out more about Darm and her services and what she's up to, please check out her website, www.thelifeofexperts.com. And you can follow Darman on Instagram at relationshipexpert underscore Darman. And Darman goes live every Friday at 12.30 p.m. IST 
for 20 to 30 minutes discussing one big relationship challenge each Friday. So please check that out. And you can also connect with Darman on LinkedIn. Um, if you search for Darman Philip, that's probably the best way to do that. And you can connect with Darman on Facebook um, using TLE coaching in one word. Um, and we put those links into the podcast summary. So I hope you all feel inspired and empowered by my chat with Darman today about the importance of conflict resolution to your own well-being, as well as that as your partner. And I hope you've learned some tips and tricks to help you to use the joy superpower of conflict resolution in your own relationships to add some more joy to your own life, as well as to the lives of your loved ones. If so, why not hop onto social media using the hashtag um, joy superpowers to share how conflict resolution in your own relationships is bringing you joy. And if you don't do so already, please follow our recently created social media account, The Art and Science of Joy, which you can find on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So come and join the conversation and help us spread the joy. Thank you once again for listening. And I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of The Art and Science of Joy podcast, where we'll be talking with Mel Schwartz on the superpower of authenticity. Thank you.